You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Stand with us as we look at 1 John, the fourth chapter, verse 4, from the King James, the New Living. And then also Romans 8, 31, which is our foundational passages for this series. 1 John 4 and 4, it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Everyone say, I have already overcome. overcome. Notice he didn't say you can overcome. He didn't say you're about to overcome. He said you have overcome. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That verse from the New Living Translation says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. I like that right there. That's just plain. Some of of y'all thinking too much about those people. Y'all know who those people are. Whoever those people are who you think is stopping you, hindering you, keeping you from progressing, holding you back, the scripture says you've already won the victory over those people. Now, say it, say it the way I grew up hearing it. Look, somebody say, I ain't studying those people. <laughs> you've already won the victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And then Romans 8.31, it says, what shall we say to these things? Once you know all these scriptures, once you know you have the Holy Ghost, once you know you have the word, once you know Jesus died for you and rose for you and sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you, once you know whatever you bound on earth can be bound in heaven, once you know that I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall hurt, once you know all these things, What shall we say to these things? This needs to be the conclusion. If God be for us, who? (laughs) Who can be against us? On your way down, look at your neighbor and tell him you have the advantage. You can be seated. Pastor Chandler came and brought us Another spin on this last week about leveraging our advantage. In other words, once you know you have the advantage, you need to know how to take advantage of the advantage, how to benefit from the advantage. And so we started this a couple weeks ago. We told you that an advantage is a condition or circumstance that puts you in a favorable or superior position. You know, a lot of people have a problem with Christians speaking and operating and even thinking that we're superior. Some of y'all got an issue with it. But Jesus Christ died to make you superior. I don't mean superior because of race, superior being elitist, but in other words, Jesus died to give you the advantage over anything and everything that would hold unbelievers back. You all understand that? So as believers living in this fallen world, you got to be prepared to fight. You got to fight the good fight of faith. 
But since we have to fight, you need to, it's important that you have the right mentality as you fight the good fight of faith and go through the circumstances of life. And we told you how that even the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because they did not have the believer's advantage mentality. They thought automatically they're going to be defeated, so they refused to go in. And then they decided to go in when God told them, no, you missed that moment. I was listening to something Bishop Jake said this morning. You know, there is a moment, there are times that God has things for you. And he made a reference to Aretha Franklin, the queen of soul, who he said was a friend of his. And, and he said, he said he, I'm not sure if Aretha Franklin came to prominence today if she would be the queen of soul. Because people don't even have an appreciation for soul music today. You don't even have, y'all don't have appreciation for music. That stuff y'all be listening to it ain't music. You got beats. Y'all even saying there's a, there's a difference between beats and, and people go in the studio and, and play with computers and they talk about making music. Mozart would say, please. <laughs> don't know a C from a Z. Some of y'all don't even know there's no Z. But, at, but there was a time that she was to come forth. You can miss your time. You, you, yes, I know y'all don't like to hear that. Now, the grace of God can bring things around again, but you can miss it. And there's no guarantee that because that, that time's going to come around again because the Bible said time and chance happens to everyone. So you have to know when is your time to make your move. When is your time to move in faith? Children of Israel missed their time and wandered in the wilderness and died for 40 years because they did not have the believer's advantage or an advantage mentality, even though the enemy was waiting for them to come and take it. And one of the statements that I made that what you're scared to do is scared you're going to do it. What you're scared to go after is scared you're going to come after it. What you're scared to try is, a, is scared you're going to try it. So you need to understand that when we operate from the, from the mentality of the believer and advantage mentality, then we go forward despite odds. Someone say, I've already won. So as believers, we should go through life knowing we have the advantage. The believer should never have a defeatist attitude. A defeatist attitude. A defeatist attitude means that you give up before you even start. A defeatist atti attitude is like the runner who is so convinced he's going to lose the race that he doesn't even bother to go to the starting line. A defeatist is the opposite of an optimist. I saw this thing on social media this week. This, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a kids race, but it was a track race, and and the, the girl, when the gun went off, she lost her shoe. Okay. The gun, and so they around there, and she had to run back and get her shoe. She got her shoe, put it on, and took off like a bat out of Hades. <laughs> and won the race. 
Everybody else, they had to be, they had to be at least 50 uh, feet to 75 feet in front of her. But she had in her mind, it just means I got to run faster. Oh my God. I told Marcia, I said, I said, that this thing just blessed me. Because so many of us, we say we got the disadvantage because of our skin color, the part of the, the zip code we were born in, coming from the country. You know, got people from the country who complain that they're born in the country. Got people from the city who who complain they're born in the city. Whatever state you're in, look at somebody and say, you got the advantage from where you are. <laughs> so she just decided, I'm going to run harder and run faster, and she still won. Look at somebody and say, I believe we can win. I believe we can win. So, so uh, a defeatist attitude does not believe you can win. And so we started giving you reasons that you had the advantage. Number one, we said, Jesus stripped the devil of his power. I've given you all power. God's able to exceeding abundantly according to Ephesians 3.20 according to what? The power that works in us. The second reason we said that you have the advantage is because you have faith. Do y'all understand what it means to have faith? To have faith means I do not have to be a victim of my circumstances. I've talked over the years and I'm not sure what the system is now. My son is probably the most recent person been there to India. But India traditionally was known as a caste system. A caste system meant that the class, the economic strata that you were born in, you died in. Y'all remember that movie, what, Slum, Slumdog Millionaire? And the reason why that was such a, a thing, and I believe it was based upon a true story, is that this person born in the slums had enough education to master this game and to have the answers, and no one expected someone to come from there to be that smart. The caste system says if you're born poor, you're going to die poor. You're gonna, if you're born middle class, you die middle class. If you're born rich, Upper class, you will die richer. But you need to understand, in the kingdom of God, none of that applies, be it unto you according to your faith. Because in the kingdom of God, though your beginning was small, your latter end can greatly increase. Come on now. In the kingdom of God, the Lord is increased, will increase you more and more, you and your children. So it does not matter the strata, the class, even the family you were born in. It matters, do you believe that God will give you the advantage? So you have faith, because God has dealt each us the measure of faith. We got saved by faith. And 1 John 5, 4 and 5, which is another foundational concept we have to get, whatsoever or whoever is born of God, 1 John 4, 5, 4 and 5, whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even what? Our faith. So long as I have faith, I have what is necessary to overcome. My God. Let me say it again to this side, they don't care. As long as you have faith, you have what's necessary to overcome. I don't care what you have to overcome. Faith is the main ingredient that will cause you to overcome. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. 
See, people get mad at the preacher and leave the church. They get mad at the church and they ain't come to church anymore. And they say, I ain't going to church no more. Because mad at the preacher, they didn't do this for me. I had an a, a, a uncle. Was he my uncle? Yeah, he was my uncle. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I was a child. Whether he was my, my uncle, my mother's uncle. But he, he, was, he was my uncle. He was married to her, her um, aunt, Uncle Francis. And I'll never forget, uh, all the family was excited about me being a boy preacher. And they would invite all the family members. And Uncle Francis said, I ain't ever going to church again. I said, why ain't going to? And so Uncle Francis would tell me the story that supposedly years ago, I think it was when his wife, Aunt Ethel, who had to be the meanest creature ever walked the earth. Lord, that woman was mean. Our little boy had to stay with that lady. But supposedly when Aunt Ethel died, the church took up an offering for him. Supposedly, I don't know the story. And he never got the offering. Can I tell you, whenever y'all hear that kind of stuff, it's usually something else that goes with that. Some people, they take stuff, they just run with it. And he would not go to church. Now, and I get, I even get up, I, I get, people get upset with me, get upset with right direction, and say, I'm going to another church. Well, go to another church. But when you get upset and you ain't going to nobody's church, see, the devil wasn't after your church. He was after your faith. So even if you leave your church, don't leave the faith. You know, I've never heard anybody say, you know what, those, I ain't going to mention a car, but some cars are more reliable than others, okay? And uh, they get a particular car, and, and that car broke that. You say, no, I ain't never, I ain't never buying another car as long as I live. You cannot depend on those cars. No, they do some research. They go get it. They go get another one. I'm not gonna mention. Not gonna mention particular name. But but there's a particular luxury car I love. It's probably the smoothest, the baddest riding, smoothest car. And and as long as it's running, it's running. But the reputation is, if you get one, you need to get two. You got to buy one for the shop, and one to drive. Some of y'all got that car. I see him out here. Keep on living. You, you, you'll see. And then people always say, it's all, I heard people say, it's all right to have that as long as you have a warranty. Oh, come on now. What does that tell you? But I never, but I never hear people say, I'm not going to get another car. No, they go get a better car. Okay? And so you know what I'm saying? A lot of challenges you're going through, even with church and church people, it ain't about the church. It ain't about your, it's about your faith. And if the devil can rob you of your faith, he can destroy your life. He can keep you from having victory in your family. And some of you don't, did you hear what I just said in that, in, in, that, in, in, in that review? That many of you, your faith is setting the precedent for generations to come. Your grandchildren, your great children are going to have a better life because of your faith. You got to get certain things settled right now because this is bigger than you. I watch people backslide. Then I watched their children look like they ain't never been in anybody's church because they decided to backslide. I mean, it's hard enough, y'all, to keep your children with any kind of morals today. And how y'all try to do this without the church, without Jesus, and think children, kids just going to be good because you raised them, you good? No, that ain't how this works. 
No, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. You're going to have to, re, you're going to, have to direct and redirect. You're going to have to bend. You're going to have to train them with the word of God and with standards of absolute truth. And the devil's after your faith because if he can destroy your faith, he can destroy your family, destroy generations, destroy your income, destroy your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on to your faith. As long as you have faith, you have what it takes to overcome. Thirdly, you have the victory and have the advantage because you are a believer. Now, faith is what you have. Believing is what you do. Faith is what you have. Believing is what you do. So you can have faith but not use your faith. James Cleveland, some of y'all don't remember who he was. Shh. He would record and then say, shh. Tell me how to work. Say, tell me about it. There was a song that said, where is your faith in God? Y'all ever have believers talk, and you're like, what church you go to? Come on now. I'm talking about the right direction, folks, right now. They get to talk, and, get, and you're like, what, what church you go to? The way you talk, you're talking like somebody who has no faith. You're talking like somebody who don't know any scriptures. So believing is, faith is what, you, is what you have. Believing is what you do with your faith. You have to take your faith and believe God. Believing causes us to enter into the rest of God. Yeah, I'm still reviewing. Then give me a move on right beyond this. Hebrews 4 and 2, it says, Hebrews 4 and 2 and 3, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being what? Mixed with faith. When you mix it with faith, now you start believing. So you can hear the word and not mix it with your faith. For we which have, we which have believed... Believing in what you do with your faith, we do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Catch this, y'all. Right now, each of us, regarding whatever situation that we're facing in our life, in our families, in our finances, in our bodies, each of us, we're either stressing or resting. Ask your neighbors, are you stressing or resting? We can all deal with the same problem, the same situation, the same report. One hears it and enters into the rest, and the other one hears it and starts stressing. Every time you hear a bad report, you got to choose. Am I going to rest? Am I going to stress? Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter, Mark 5. The woman with issue blood, it comes and disturbs him, interrupts his trip. Starts telling about all she's been through, and Jesus, and she touched him his garment, and, and, and it's a big hoopla. She tells the story about it, and Jesus stopped, and they said, and, and, and by now, more time has passed. Jairus' daughter was on the critical list, and by the time the woman with issue of blood got her breakthrough, they said, don't trouble the master anymore. The girl is dead. And Jesus looks at the parents and said, believe only. She shall live. Other translation says, keep on believing. Come on, look at somebody say, keep on believing. Know what Jesus said? Now you got a choice right now. You can either stress or rest. 
We all hear the same report. We all get the same news. We all watch the same ABC and NBC and CNN and MSNBC and all the C's. But you're going to stress or you're going to rest. And y'all, there are things that I, I really, I, my resolve is I can't do anything about this but believe God. So no, no sense of me stressing. I told y'all, now, now I'm preaching this now on the other side of this. The Lord really had to show me this. He showed me this during two, two circumstances in my life. He showed me this when, when my kids was teenagers, okay, and left to me, I would just, I would try like, I would just would have bound them in the home. You can't go nowhere. You know, you know some of us grew up as kids, uh, some of y'all know nothing about it, because some of y'all grew up without street lights, okay? In the country, you don't have no street lights. But we sit here, by the time that street light come on, you better have your hips in this house. Any, any of y'all hear that? Okay. By the time street lights, you better be in this house. But some of y'all don't have no street lights. So y'all just had to know what time it was, I guess. <laughs> and so I used to, you know, my kids got to, I mean, even my boys, they got to be teenagers. And, and so I, I said, you know, I, I was stressing about my, you know, all the stuff that's happening with gangs and people, kids getting shot. And I was just, I would be stressed about my kids, you know. And so they would, you know, and so it would be like Friday or Saturday, the nights that they could go out. And sometimes they would be, you know, they, they got a curfew like, you know, if they're old, they get curfew may be like 12, 11 or 12, okay? And so I'm thinking, man, it's 10 o'clock. They ain't going nowhere. All of a sudden they come down, Dad, see you later. Where you going at 10 o'clock? Your curfew's at 12. I'm just going over to my friend's house. I'll be back. And I, they would be out, you know, I, if, if you read the Job, the first chapter, Job the first chapter, Job was stressing. No, really, read Job, he'd make all these sacrifices. Lord, they over there partying. If they partying, somebody could be getting drunk, they could be having an orgy, I, I don't know what's going on. And he was stressing about his kids. And then, you know, know what the Bible says? That when it, everything happened and his kids were destroyed, it said, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. What he stressed, he, his stress drew the attack. So you have to decide whether you're going to stress or you're going to rest. We, we which believe, we enter into rest. So, so the Lord had to tell me, number one, rest, okay? That, you know, you can't, uh, 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 that, that, was, that was before they had, you know, they had, uh, now they got these things, you can put tracers on the cars and all that, have nothing. You know, had the phone, you can locate, I didn't have all that, okay? And then, Lord, when my daughter moved to New York, I'm like really tripping. I, I mean, when she walks it, and when she got there, I took her there. Uh, I, I took her to a, 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 a crowded area, the tourist area, most expensive area, midtown Manhattan. I said, just stay right here. You can walk right around where your office is around the corner. You don't have to get on the subway. You didn't understand. Those of us who come up in New Jersey, we don't even ride on the subway. We were like a void. We would avoid New York like the plague. And literally, it could be, it, it, was, it was 10 minutes. There are people who grew up in Jersey City. They don't go to New York. Pastor Byron and his wife would come here. We, we try to tell him to just meet us over there. Like, well, you know, we don't go to the city like that. <laughs> I'm serious. Here, this country girl, compared to New York City, even you from Irma, you country. <laughs> This country girl, and, and, and she called her. I said, where you at? Uh, I took the subway. I'm in Uptown in Harlem. Harlem! 
get out! And one time I couldn't rest, and the Lord said to me, because the Lord told me to release her. She wanted to go, but she had to go with my covering. She wasn't going to go unless the Lord told me to release her and let her go. The Lord said, well, if I told you to release her, then I got her. And I had to make a decision, I'm going to rest and not stress. Some of you here today and watching online, you have to make a decision, you're going to rest and not stress. Come on, say that, I'm going to rest and not stress. The believer's advantage is that we can rest in trouble. That's what, that, that's what the book of Habakkuk said. He, said. he said that I might rest in a day of trouble. So moving on, the fourth reason why we have the advantage, we have hope. Somebody say, I have hope. Now, the world and sinners, they, they want and they wish. But believers have hope. Hope is the expectation, anticipation, and assurance that things will get better. Let me say that again. Hope is the expectation, anticipation, and assurance that things will get better. Somebody shout out, things going to get better. When the Bible talks about hope, he, referred, he, he takes us to Abraham in Romans 4 and 18. He said, Abraham, when he was old and God said, you're going to have a child, he's about 100, his wife is 90. And it wasn't just that they were old. When they were young, they couldn't have children. You follow me? Sometimes we forget about that. It's not like they all of a sudden had an idea to have children. When they're old, they, they, they grew old. They were young and not having children. Now this is compounded by them being older. So the Bible says in Romans 4.18, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, when it looked hopeless, he still was in hope that he might become. Now this hope means not a wishing. He said he had assurance. He had expectation and anticipation that he's going to become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Abraham had hope despite what things look like. Philippians 1, 19 and 20, we see Paul, no matter what he went through, Paul operated in hope. Look what he says here, Philippians 1, 19, for I know, I know that this will turn out for my deliverance because I got people praying for me. Through your prayer and through the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He said, I, I know this is going to turn around because of what God's placed in me combined with what you are praying for me. Oh, y'all are hearing me here. He said, I know. Somebody shout, I know, I know. Because this type of hope is an, it's a knowing. It's not a wishing. It's a knowing. I know this is going to turn. According to my earnest, he received the word again, expectation and hope. I have expectation, I have hope, which gives me assurance. That's why I say I know that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also, Christ going to be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. He said, I have hope that God going to get glory out of this situation. I don't know what you're going through here today, but I want somebody to just rest in the fact, have hope that God going to get glory out of your situation. I know it's hurting right now. I know it looks dismal right now. But you need to have hope and assurance. God's going to get glory out of my situation. Glory to God. Hallelujah. JJ has to come in next week and he has a song. There will be glory after this. 
Oh my God, I know, I know, I know. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that God's going to turn this situation around. I know that God's going to get glory. I know I have the advantage. I know the devil can't win. I know Jesus is still sitting on the throne. I know I'm surrounded with goodness and mercy all the days of my life. So Paul says, I'm going to continue to operate with hope. Hope gives us assurance. And assurance is knowing. That's why I said, I know. Okay, here's another scripture of assurance, Romans 8, 28. We quote it all the time. It's especially as a result of praying in the spirit. After I've prayed about this thing, after I've interceded about this thing, after I've lifted up this thing with my heavenly language, after I've done everything I know on my part, this is the next part, Romans 8, 28, and we know. We rest in assurance that all things work together for, for good to those who love God, to those who are the call according to his purpose. All things work together for good. It is working together. I don't, it, individually, it doesn't look good. In isolated incidents and circumstances, this looks crazy. But God got a way of making sanity out of crazy. God got a way of putting it all together. Come on now, you don't, if, 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 how, how many of y'all like cake? Okay, some of y'all lie, you, you feel guilty to say in church. <laughs> you don't have to feel guilty for liking cake. I, I just had me some rum cake. You ain't supposed to have rum except it's in cake. <laughs> okay, I know you like cake. So, so here's what you do. Since you like cake, when you go home, get yourself about, a, about three tablespoons of flour. Eat that. Then get yourself two eggs, scramble them. Don't cook them. Drink the scrambled eggs. Get yourself a, a teaspoon of baking soda. Put baking powder, whatever you put it in there. You don't see I don't make cakes, right? Put that in there. Get yourself... Get yourself a, 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 a tube of butter and chop that down since you like cake. Then drink a glass of milk. See, that sounds nasty, don't it? But if you put it together, God got a way of taking nasty stuff. By the time he put it together, God will make your life a beautiful cake. And you wonder, how did this come out of that? I didn't see that coming. I, that was crazy, and this was crazy, and that was crazy. I don't know why I went through this, and I don't know, but God makes all things beautiful in his time. Look, somebody said, just give us some time. Just give us some time. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. 
We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 